We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back. It is Saturday. You know, we haven't had one of these in a little bit, but I'm Brian Driscoll, publisher at Irish Breakdown. That's my guy, Sean Davis, recruiting analyst at Irish Breakdown. And Sean, we are going to talk some really interesting Notre Dame football topics today. And it's time to start really diving into college football season because that's what our show stands for, right? Recruiting, team, the CF part, that's college football because we want to talk about some big picture stuff. So, over the next month leading into the season, we're going to have predictions, season predictions. And today, you know, since one of these dudes in this show, and it ain't me, is a Big Ten grad, that guy, we're going to start with the Big Ten today. So we're going to go through and pick our winners for the East and the West. I was surprised we just went over our list because we kind of put them together first. We're pretty much almost identical, and I was surprised that we had the same winner in the West. So that's going to be really Really interesting to talk about because I could see I could see five teams in the West sneaking up to number one based mm. on how some of the schedules are. So it's it four for sure, fifth team that we'll get into, and I'm going to make Sean happy with my fifth team that I could see sneaking into the top five or into the number one spot. But the West is going to be one of the best divisions in college. Well, let me rephrase: one of the most competitive divisions in college football yeah. this year, yeah. and I'm very much looking forward to that. But first, Sean, we're going we're going to do, talk a couple nerding topics. We're going to talk recruiting today. We're going to talk about, you know, just you know, Sean's idea for the show today for recruiting standpoint was, you know, when does Notre Dame become the hunter? And we'll dive into that, and then the team topic we're going to discuss today is Notre Dame offense. We're going to discuss sort of the the you know look at it if Notre Dame's offense because becomes the group it needs to be, and we think it can be, it'll be because of A, B, C, and D. If the unit doesn't live up to expectations, it'll be because of this. And I, I had, a, I had threw out a number to Sean. He's like, there ain't that many. So, <laughs> but we'll dive into that. I think that's going to be a very interesting aspect. And then, of course, we'll round things up at the end with the Big Ten. And depending, yeah. as long as our show's not like four hours long by then, uh, we'll we'll answer some questions from y'all as well at the end. So I can't make promises. It is me and Sean, and football season's right around the corner, so we're getting super – we're especially chatty uh, right about now. So, Sean, let's get rolling 
with this recruiting topic because I think this is really fascinating. And the timing of your conversation as we look at the panic being kind of struck into Notre Dame fans with, yeah. with Keon Keeley and Peyton Bowen, I think the, the timing is perfect for us to have this conversation. Yeah, and it came up in our conversation. And, you know, it, like you said, it was kind of inspired by the fan base and how they've been feeling and, you know, looking at all of these guys that are committed, taking visits elsewhere, whether it's Keon Keeley to Alabama, whether it's Peyton Bowen going to Oklahoma and then down to Texas A&M. Uh, you start to feel like what's going on. And, you know, the question I posed to some people this week is, you know, would you rather not have guys sign and like scrambling in November and December? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather have the class you have and then be able to hold on to them because you're winning games in the season and you're looking good. And if they come for a game day, they're even more impressed and you're locking them up for National Signing Day when that time comes, right? And let me just give this this example, and then I'll let you roll with it and get your thoughts on it. You know, I met my wife when she was 14. She was about to turn 15 in a week, and I was 17, right? And when I was younger, Brian, you know, she had a really, really wonderful frame. She was a beautiful, she's still a beautiful woman. She was a Beautiful, beautiful young girl. And she loved to um, show her frame off. She was a dancer. <laughs> so she loved in the summertime to have her stomach out, her legs out. Sometimes I would be with her and sometimes she would be with her friends. But the coolest thing was that I never had to worry about sticking my chest out and letting my ego get the best of me either way, regardless of whether or not I was with her. Because she knew how to handle herself. Mm-hmm. She wasn't the type of person that if someone spoke to her, cracked a joke, introduced themselves, she would talk. She wouldn't immediately just throw out like, I have a boyfriend. No, she would talk. Like, oh, okay, fine. But if they got to a point where they started to do things that was that were maybe approaching a line of, okay, you're going over the line. Then she would set them straight. And for me, this is how I look at recruits nowadays. Mm -hmm. Times have changed, right? And if someone is committed to you, you cannot be so insecure when other teams look at them and are attracted to them Mm -hmm. and want them on campus and want them to visit. And these young men say, okay, I'll fraternize with you. I'll talk to you. I'll see what you have to offer. But if you go too far, I'm going to let you know, hey, I'm firmly committed mm-hmm. to Notre Dame. And, that's just, and, and this is where everything is in recruiting. And for that, I fully believe that Marcus Freeman has taken the stance early on in his tenure that we're going to be aggressive up front. We have to be. We're going to be aggressive with these guys, show them that they fit what we want them to fit in our offensive and defensive schemes and let them know that we have what's best for them after football as well. And then we'll focus on retaining because that is the easier path for us right now. Eventually, can they lurk 
like the Sharks and the A1 Predators that mm-hmm. Georgia and Alabama and Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are, that can sit back, let everyone jump out early, offer kids, and then just lurk mm-hmm. you know, late summer on into the season and just start lining up five-star commits to fill their class. Two totally different types of approaches to recruiting. And the question is, is Notre Dame, because of this uniqueness, always going to have to follow the path that they're following now? Or can they eventually become the shark or the hunter in recruiting and kind of wait and sit back and say, yo, we're going to stack up our five stars late in the summer and going on into the fall and winter? It's going to be interesting because if they win a couple of national titles, it's going to be very interesting because I believe I saw a poll that was allegedly taken by the top recruits mm-hmm. in the 24 and 25 class yesterday, yeah. like which was uh, which brand or which programs most recognizable brand. Recognizable, and I right. think Notre Dame sat at about eighth or something like 12th. that. Twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very interesting, but. It just goes to show that even though Notre Dame is doing very well in 23 and 24, if that is indeed true, there's still there's yeah. still much work to do, I would say. There's still work to do in the 23 right. class. Right. I think we we'll both, both agree with that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The Black Velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French Roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face. And she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. You got to give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home. by Partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. 
Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Here, here's my thing, Sean, with that mm-hmm. poll. That was actually something that was incredibly encouraging to me. And here's why I say that. Okay. Notre Dame has the number one at work. Well, actually, number one, and it's going to remain number one because Ohio State's about to lose a couple guys. Yeah. And Notre Dame's about to land some guys here soon. They have the number one ranked class in 23 and 24. 23 is more appropriate to discuss because 24 is still in its infancy stages mm-hmm. for everyone. But they're off to a great start. Yeah. And yet they have the 12th most recognizable brand around there amongst top recruits, which means what it means right now. It's the personalities that are selling Notre Dame, not, and and the success on the field has been good. It hasn't been great. No, you had like LSU ahead of them. Makes sense. You had like A&M ahead of them. I mean, some of teams like that. And you're just like, okay, a lot of it's Southern schools. A lot of the top recruits are Southern. That's going to be the case. She had Ohio State way up there, Clemson way up there, things like that. So my, my whole thing was if Notre Dame can recruit like they're recruiting now and they have the 12th most recognizable brand, mm-hmm. what happens when they start doing things at climate? And it's not just winning and losing. It's things like hiring someone like Marcus Freeman as your head coach, someone who's young, personal, energetic. I mean, we had a – I know you saw the comment that Samuel and Pemba made that we put on a message board the other day. Yeah. It's a different world in as far as the perception of the head coach at Notre Dame now compared to what it was before. Yeah. You know, and that's going to take time. And we're talking about a guy that right now is 0-1 as a football coach, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that that's who we're – that's who's doing this, right? It's So that's a perception thing because brand isn't just about these – that ranking of 12th isn't like, well, I sat down and I, and I broke down the schematic – situation on offense and I broke down the X's and O's of their defense and this is where I put Notre Dame no it's 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 feel it's brand it's perception right and Notre Dame has a perception of of being stodgy and you know and a bit of you know stale and 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 you know you walk on campus like oh you know what I mean and that's all still need to be there needs to be a part of who they are but it it, what it's not a place you go to be like yo Notre Dame's fun like, I love being part of this team. And you and I have been talking about this all offseason, Sean. That is changing with the players, but it's going to take time for that to really start to That's resonate yeah. from a recruiting standpoint. So those things are all true. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me, Sean, is, is you got to be able to go out and show that you can win those games against those teams. Yeah. Right? And and I'm, I'm going to pull up – actually, this is actually going to be an interesting endeavor. I want to pull up uh, – I want to pull up that um, – that that, that – Thing I'm gonna try to find that here as we're as we're talking, because I I the th- if you go back and look at Notre Dame's record against teams that are ahead of them on that list, right? Because the first thing that jumped yeah. out to me was okay, LSU has the national championship, but right. if you take it in a span of ten years, has LSU really 
been a better college football right. program. But here it's know? but they're southern and they yeah. have a title and they've put a mess of dudes into the first round of the NFL draft. That's true. Right. And and so that's why I say it's it's a perception thing. It's not mm-hmm. kids sitting there, you know, analyzing the record of every team and right. and and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's it's you know, you gotta understand like like we had a we had a, a conversation the other day, mm-hmm. you know, or this summer we've had conversations about <clears throat> about uh you know notre dame's the most powerful brand in sports and that's a different type of brand that we're referring to mm-hmm. you know and when we talk to kids it's it, the kids we talk when we talk when we're talking about the players and the kids we're, we're having a different conversation than what we're having uh, than you know about notre dame so for example miami's ahead of notre dame why what has miami done notre dame has dominated miami right because yeah. it's not about on-field success it's the you it's the branding it's the turnover chain it's stuff like that you know you look at florida's ahead of notre dame oregon's ahead of notre dame texas ahead of Notre. texas has been a mediocre program for a decade texas a&m's ahead of notre dame again part of this is location it's a lot of southern schools on that list you know and there was only one northern team on the list ahead of notre dame and that's ohio state ohio state yeah you know, it's because Notre Dame's ahead of Michigan, not way ahead of Michigan, but they are ahead of Michigan. Michigan was, let's see here, 16th, which surprised me. They were behind Penn State on that list, which I found interesting. But the, the point is, is like there's a perception about Notre Dame that I think is starting to change. That's why Notre Dame does things like that Vegas video. You want to know why that was such an important thing? Because kids are going to be like, yo, this, this team is like, they're having fun. Yeah. Like, who does that with their head coach? Yeah. Who sits there and films this like little mini movie with their head coach, you know, driving the car and, and, and doing the things that they did? Like that stuff is all part of the process. Like there's no kid that's going to look at that video and be like, I'm going to Notre Dame, right? But it's all part of the process. But at the end of the day, Sean, until the, they start winning those games, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. Now, let's have the conversation you asked. Can they be that program? I look at it two ways. Number one, we talk about can Notre Dame be the hunter? It starts in fir- beginning with can you go out and get and keep the best of the best players? Mm-hmm. I think they're there already. Evidence by the 2023 class. Now, they got to go show it. They can do it every year, right? Yeah. But I, I'm going to have an article coming out later today where I talk about, look, they've shown they can land those players. Now they got to show they can keep those players. Absolutely. You know, so that's going to be the key on. But then that goes to the second point. Can they be the program? To me, when I think of the hunter, it's not just, okay, go out and get the great players. Number two, hold on to those players. So hold on to Keon Keeley and Peyton Bowen. It's an absolute must. And then if you can hold on to them, then get to the point where you start having the success on the recruiting trail that's followed then by success on the field. You start building something new because the advantage that Notre Dame is going to have over a lot of other programs is if they emerge, they're going to be the new team. Yes. When was the last time Notre Dame was the new team, right? The hip team, the cool team that's now winning, mm-hmm. right? And that's what Clemson That's what Clemson really tapped into under Dabo. They were the cool team that came out of nowhere that nobody was expected to become a powerhouse. Right. And all of a sudden, they're getting five stars all over the place, right? Notre Dame can be that because of their coach. Dabo – like him or not, has he has a forceful personality that, that kids really are attracted to. That's why he's been able to recruit the way he has. That's why like six or seven of his assistant coaches are former players of his. You know, that's why 
they shock people every year with the guys that come back for an extra year. They're just like, oh, that guy's going back to college. Why? He's going to be a top 15 draft pick. Right. I want to play for, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and Coach Freeman has a very similarly engaging, uh, attractive personality to, to, to where you get to the point where the next goal, the next step beyond the closing part is, are you the team that when people, when, when you offer a kid that, that you're trying to flip, or let's say you get in on late on a kid, or you push late for a kid that everybody says, oh, crap. Right. That's where they want to be. And so that's the bigger question for me. They're going to get in on and land big-time kids. The second question for me is, can they hold them? And the reason that's a question, Sean, is because we haven't seen it yet. Right? I mean, last year, you can't judge last year because, you know, there were some successes. They kept Tobias Merriweather. They kept Jalen Sneed and those kind of guys. But there was also the failures, lost C.J. Williams, lost Evan Moore, you know, didn't try to sign some guys down the stretch, lost a guy to Oregon, all that kind of stuff. But I don't look at that. I can't view that the same because it was during a coaching transition. It's just not a normal evaluation period. So this is really going to be the first class we find out. It's like, okay, great. You got Keon Keeley and you got Peyton Bowen. Wonderful. Are you going to keep them? Right? That's step two. And you got to secure that part until you can kind of get step three. Yeah. Right, because because that's the part that helps get you to that step three. But I do think they can get there, and and here's why: you have to be you have to have something unique about you to get there and stay there. Do you have the tradition that you can sell? Mm-hmm. Check. Bama had that. Ohio State has that. Right. Uh, Clemson doesn't have that, which is why I think Clemson is a team that that. As, as good as they've been in the, sh- the last stretch, I don't know if they have the staying power because I think so much of what they did was built off of Dabo's reputation and energy and some of the early hires he made. Are the new hires he's making going to allow them to rebrand, so to speak? I don't, I don't know. I have my questions and doubts. Because if you don't have Dabo's force of personality, Sean, you don't have Clemson, if we're being honest. Yeah. Because they're not Georgia. They're not. Ohio State. They're not Alabama and Texas. They don't have that brand power, that staying power, in my opinion. Notre Dame has that, right? They have the academic piece, which is unique. Everybody tries to sell their own academic thing, but nobody can sell academics and football tradition the way that Notre Dame can. Yeah. Right? Northwestern can't do it because they don't have the football tradition and, and football chops. Duke doesn't have that, right? Uh, Virginia doesn't have that. And with all due respect, Michigan is not on the same level as Notre Dame for it, it, from a perception or around the world, all that type of stuff. Michigan's a great school and all that, but it's just not the same. Just like USC is a great school, but it's just not it's not Notre Dame perception wise and in a lot of other ways. And then the final piece is, is there are some really as of right now, there's some really unique aspects that Notre Dame can sell that nobody else can sell. You're going to have your own, you know, TV, you know, we're an independent all we play all over the country. All those things are still true as of right now. So uh, the, the only thing that I would say is it, it's it, it's this is probably the look, I've been saying it for a long time, Sean. Right. I mean, we, you and I have been you and I have been saying it for a long time. Notre Dame can recruit with the big boys if you have the right stuff in place i've been saying it for a long time lo and behold you get a new coach and he works and puts in the work and all and all and values you know recruiting and all that you have a staff top to bottom that puts in the work and all of a sudden bam notre dame's you know to me a a guaranteed like there are notre dame fans right now that are talking about they'll be disappointed if notre dame falls down to number five and and i would too but the point is think of that premise right Mm -hmm. like 
we were begging Notre Dame to have a top five class for years. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh gee, I hope, I hope that they can be top five. I hope they can be top five. Now it's like, pff, man, they fell all the way to four. Right. Right. Cause the perception has changed so quickly with Marcus Freeman. It's been staggering really to see how quickly it's changed with Notre Dame fans, many, many Notre Dame fans, you know, but now can they, can they get to that point where they can play the long game? That's a, that remains to be seen because right now Notre Dame has to do it the way they're doing it. Right. Get these kids early and hold on tight. Right. Right. Don't right. let them go. They can't flip a Keon Keeley from Bama. They had to get him first and then hold on. They're not going to flip Peyton Bone from Oklahoma. They had to get hold of him and or get him early and hold on for two reasons. One, the the prestige isn't there right now as the program. And number two, location. It's a lot harder to for a northern school to flip. Like, look what Ohio State's yeah. dealing with right now. Yeah. Ohio State's having all these kids that everybody's worried about flipping, right? You got Dijon Johnson, you know, afraid of him going to, to Florida. You got Mark Fletcher potentially flipping to Miami. You you got uh, Noah Rogers potentially flipping to NC State. Where are all the schools? They're in-state schools. It's Ohio State getting kids out of the region, trying to hold on to them. Yeah. It's not Ohio State going down and trying to flip a kid from Miami. It's harder to do that. And so, yes, Notre Dame is in a situation right now where they've got to hold on. And there's always going to be something to that, Sean, in my opinion. And I want to get your response to this. In my opinion, I don't think Notre Dame can ever be what Bama is right now from the standpoint of they could just sit back and have like seven commits mm. in middle of October and they're not worried. Because with Bama, they're still their region. Out the state of Alabama produces a lot more top players than the state of Indiana. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, yeah. they just got a 2024 kid, Jalen Mbakwa. He's from their state. You know, there's kids from their state they're passing on, like Peter Woods, who's a top 50 player, went to Clemson. You know, they passed yeah. on him. Notre Dame doesn't have that kind of in-state luxury. Plus, Alabama borders or borders the state that borders just about every big-time football state in the country outside of California and Ohio, right? And so they could they can do that in a way that Notre Dame cannot afford to do. Yeah. So – I think eventually, Sean, if Notre Dame gets to where they're the hunters, they're going out sort of big game hunting early and getting the Keeleys and the Bowens early and then hanging on. But I do think they can then, if, 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 like you said, if, if Marcus Freeman in the next th four years can get to the playoff twice and, and, you know, maybe get to a title game once, potentially win a title, if he can have that kind of success, then yes, Notre Dame can then say maybe right now they have 15 commits right now instead of 20. And they're saying, hey, you know what? We we don't need to fill up right now on this guy. We're gonna we're gonna keep pushing for that guy. Because we know we can because we know we can go. Here's and here's why it means because we can go, we can be more patient because we know we can now go flip that kid from Texas AM or mm -hmm. Oklahoma or yeah. Michigan or North Carolina or wherever Clemson right so that you have to be there before you can do what Bama's doing yeah. see that's why Bama could do what they're doing because Bama knows if we don't get that kid that we want we can just go flip a kid from Kentucky or flip a kid from you know Michigan or flip a kid from here or flip a kid from there Notre Dame's not necessarily there yet right yeah 
And so you got to get there before you can get to the part of where you can just kind of, you know, you got to know that I can go flip this kid over here before you can kind of do the sort of the, the, the long-term big game hunting, in my opinion, John. Yeah. I think the next step before we get to Alabama, the next step is really becoming the dominant force in the Midwest, getting above Ohio state. Like that's, that's the next step to take. Can they become the team in the Midwest that everybody looks at and says, okay, that's the best program regionally in the Midwest. We talked about the 2024 class and how fertile it is in the Midwest from all the surrounding states. Like just about every state from Wisconsin, Missouri to Illinois, Mm -hmm. Indiana, Michigan, which has already blessed Notre Dame with two, two great players in the class of 2024, even on over to Ohio. And they've gone down into Tennessee as well to Lipscomb Academy for Spielman and Caleb Beasley. Right. And they're in with both of those kids. So 24 and 25 are like that. So they might be able to establish themselves even more. I think they've already gone above every other team. Right. I think That's, it's only it, – Well, and that thing that you pointed out the other day, Sean, kind of backed that up. Yeah. Right, the brand thing. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they're ahead of Penn State, ahead of like – four or five spots ahead of Michigan. Yes, yeah. you're correct. And it's really only – uh, Ohio State, and I believe that's the next step. Overcome them, and the reason I ask this is because the uniqueness of Notre Dame does lend itself. And of course, recruiting was totally different when Lou Holtz got here. The timelines and when kids committed, like everything was was about the banquet weekend of December mm-hmm. after the season. That's right. when Lou Holtz. Right. That's when they made their move. Right, and that's when everybody was pretty much. Making but movie. to your point, there were a lot of teams back then that had to fill up earlier because yes. they couldn't wait they couldn't until wait. the December and January and February to do it. Yeah, right. you're correct. Right. But eventually, I do believe that Lou Holtz, which kind of inspired along with what we saw from fans this weekend, I do believe that Lou Holtz and his recruiting got to a point to where you saw his recruiting in 88, 89, mm-hmm. where I think – he knew he had to go get difference makers and playmakers. Yeah. And he wanted to be physical and he focused on that. And then the winning opened it up to the point right. to where, you know what, I'm just going to get the best guy at just about every position on the field. Right. And that's when you see the depth chart that you'll see right. in like a 1993, you know, even though they didn't win a national championship. And, and you start hearing about the kids that were supposed to come. Right. It didn't come for certain reasons. Right. So I to realize that what that roster really would have been. I think Lou Well, Holt, and then like they turned down guys like Javon Curse. Right. Because they didn't have room. Because they didn't have room. You know? Right. And they he had gotten to a point where they really were the hunter. And but Lou Holtz came in with a mindset. Because I want to ask you, even though they might not be considered a hunter. Does Marcus Freeman have the hunter's mindset? Because I think Lou Holtz came in with a hunter's mindset with a oh, yeah. target on Miami. I, I absolutely, and you're absolutely right about Miami. Like yeah. that was that was the that was absolutely the target right away. Mm-hmm. I, I actually I do think Notre Dame's a hunter. There, but there's different. Like to me, there's there's different hunters, numbers. and then there's Bama. There's yeah. you know what I mean. And what I'm saying is like, what's the standard? Like 
the standard for Notre Dame should be to try to be like Bama. Does that yeah. mean six titles in 11 years? That's not what we're talking about. But yeah. where you are a dominant force where everybody's like, oh, shoot. You know, it's like it's like you remember that scene from Blue Chips? It's like kind of a joke. Like, you know, Pete Bell walks into the gym. They're like, well, might as well go home, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and it, you know, kind of where you're that team where, like, once so-and-so gets involved, like, well, might as well go find somebody else to recruit because, right. you know, this is just the way it's going to be. You want to get to that point. That's a different level. That's the standard to get to. And so, to me, I think Notre Dame is a hunter, and I think they're a hunter, and they're ranked number one, Sean, because of what you said, because of the mentality that Marcus Freeman came in. Yeah. I mean, he did that from day one. I don't care about going into Ohio and getting a public school kid from Ohio that plays D-line that everybody thinks is a given to Ohio, Brendan Vernon. I don't care about going down to South Carolina and taking Jalen Steed out of Big Ten country. I don't care about going up to – you know, to Michigan and stealing Josh Burnham, who grew up a Michigan fan. I'm not afraid of Oklahoma, you know, who's the leader for Tyson Ford out of Missouri. Yeah. I'm not afraid of Florida and Miami and the SEC for for Keon Keeley. On and and hey, I'm not afraid to go down to Texas and steal every dynamic kid that we can get out of state of Texas. Right? It's that mindset that takes you all there where we're Notre Dame. And this is this is the difference. I know that there's like the Freeman era hashtag and stuff like that, but you don't see Marcus Freeman pushing that. You don't see his coaches pushing that. Mm -hmm. You're seeing LSU's coaches and football program pushing the BK takeover. That's their hashtag. Yeah. And, and with Brian Kelly, it was, I'm Brian Kelly with Marcus Freeman. It's we're Notre Dame. That's the difference. And Marcus Freeman is kind of like – and Brian Kelly kind of always felt like it was him and his this and his that, and he never embraced the Notre Dame tradition. So it's kind of like you left your – you know, you it's like you and I are going to go to the range and we're going to go shooting, right? Yeah. yeah. And then we leave all of our best weapons and our best ammo at home, right? Yeah. Like we take squirt guns with us, you know, like leave the rifles and the pills. You know what I mean? Like that's the equivalent. It's like, dude, you, if you don't embrace Notre Dame, you're leaving your best weapons at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to battle with rocks and sticks and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, no, don't grab the rocks and sticks and baseball bats. Grab the, the big stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what he never did. No. And and I think that's the thing is Marcus had said from day one, we're going to go get the best players that we can get and convince them that they're Notre Dame kids. Yeah. And in reality, they always were. I mean, Keon Keeley is not unique. It's not like there's not this, this 2023 guy is not this phenomenon of oh, there's four three, you know, there's kids like Micah Bell that are running four threes and happen to be three seven, three eight GPAs. Oh, there's Peyton Bowens who have great grades. There's Jalen, you know, Braylon James, who's a, a four four stud top hundred receiver and also happens to be a great student. Keon Keeley goes to a private school. Great. These kids have always been around, but you had to battle for them, right? From a football standpoint. Yeah. And that's what Marcus Freeman is doing. So I do think he has that hunting mentality, but I think right now it has its limits because of the reputation of the program that's going to take time to rebuild. So that's kind of where this conversation is for me, Sean, is can Notre Dame get to that level? And I think that you're right. I think that the first target needs to be his alma mater because you can't be the best program in the nation if you're not even the best program in your region. And the reality is, is yeah. like we could jump on here and be all homerish and, hey, they beat him for Christian Gray and beat him from this team and they've done this and they've done that. But that's not who we are, right? Right now, Ohio State is a better program than Notre Dame. They have more success. They have more playoff appearances. They, I mean, they only had to have the one win over Clemson a couple of years ago to have more wins over Notre Dame, but they have a title in the playoff era. Yeah. You know, there's all types of things. They have a head-to-head -head win over Notre Dame, a convincing head-to-head -head win over Notre Dame in 2015. 
And so, yeah, you got to surpass them first to where you can go get whoever you want in the Midwest for the most part. I mean, Ohio State's always going to beat you. Ohio State beat Lou Holtz for recruits. They're going to beat you. But where you're beating them for a good chunk as well. It's not a given when a kid from Ohio gets offered, he's going to go to Ohio State, right? Right now it is, if it, it, for the most part, right? But going in and getting a Brennan Vernon yeah. is a step in the right direction. Yeah. And so I think those are all the things where, you know, you have to have that mentality. But at the end of the day, if they don't start putting the on-field results together, uh-huh. that's what separates Notre Dame and Ohio State right now, is Ohio State can walk in and say to a receiver, Look at what we've put in the NFL. You, he can, they can walk into a quarterback and say, "Look at the numbers our quarterbacks are putting up." They can walk into a kid who cares about who cares about championships and say, "Bro, we've we, we played for the title two years ago. You know the year that Notre Dame got beat by Bama in the first round, and you know we beat Clemson. Yeah. We smacked Clemson, who smacked Notre Dame. You know, month before that. You know, hey, we we beat Bama in the playoff. We we we, we beat we punched them in the face a little bit. We have a title." that these kids will remember. We have Ezekiel Elliott. We have the Bosa's. We have Chase Young. You, you have all those things. Notre Dame doesn't have that, right? And until they can have that, they're not going to surpass Ohio State, much less Bama. Now, I think you could take them both down at the same time, right? And I think that's the goal that Notre Dame has to have. It's like, hey, we're not worried about Bama. Let's just get Ohio State. No, it's we're focused on Bama, and we know we got to get through Ohio State to get there. Right. That's the key. And I think that's what I love about this staff. Now, will they get there? We'll find that out. But I think that's the goal. And that's that's why getting rid of the best thing Marcus Freeman ever did was kind of eliminate the saying and then also the carrying out of the whole shopping down a different aisle thing. <laughs> nope, we're going down your aisle. I'm going to be taking groceries out of your cart, and there's not a dang thing you can do about it because we're Notre Dame. And well, he did that as a defensive coordinator. Yep. He did that before he became the head coach. And you're right on point, Brian. Look, we saw a little evidence of that with Notre Dame being the hunter just in the last couple of days. You know, you see Dylan, um, Dylan Edwards decommit, and all of a sudden, you know, his buddy who's committed to Kansas State, like he was, quarterback Avery Johnson, issues a statement. I'm fully committed. <laughs> like, right. Because what's I'm everybody like, thinking? Like, uh oh. Right. I'm like, Avery's going knows. to Notre Dame now. Right. Like, no, I'm fully committed. I'm not going anywhere. So I actually saw this. It was interesting, right? They were doing a study. You know, I I love sitting down watching National Geographic. And they study and they were talking about sharks. And that for years, sharks and crocodiles have had uh, a longstanding rival. And they're both apex predators. Mm-hmm. But the advantage the shark has specifically in open water out in the oceans is that there's not too much an alligator can do when it has killed something and it has it in its mouth. Mm-hmm. It has to get to a place where it can go ahead and finish it. Mm-hmm. But it has to swim to that place. So whereas a shark can be moving and eating. Mm-hmm. And so they just basically come and pick off the parts of what he's already killed while he's swimming to his destination. And that is for me, like what you talk about prep hunter, mm-hmm. a different levels right. of the hunter. Right. Right. They're both apex predators. Right. But Get to the point where, where there's, there is no one hunting you. Yeah. 
right? Like, like yeah. what I mean by that is like not hunting you. Everybody's hunting you, but to the yeah. point where you are now the top of the food chain. Absolutely. Right. Like yeah. hyenas, if you go to Africa, right. Hyenas are predators. Right. Right. Like there's other types of animals, but, but there's one predator above all the others that everybody kind of bows to. And that's the lion. Right. Right. And so it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, right now, Notre Dame is kind of like a, you know, they're, they're a pretty fierce, forceful predator right now. Right. Yeah. But, but when Alabama gets involved, it's like, Oh, you know, we got a battle on our hands. Yeah. No, I think they're going to win it, but you know, we'll have to remain to be seen to where when Alabama calls, it's like, coach, I, I love you, man, but you got nothing for me. Yeah. Right. Well, Hey man, you come here and win a championship. Hey coach, Notre Dame won a championship last year. Hey, we can develop you in a first round draft. Hey coach, Notre Dame put so-and-so in the first round next year, last year. Yeah. That that's when Notre Dame can get to that point, yeah. then it's just kind of like, okay, now it's just about the bag, that's right? You're only bad. losing kids because of the bag. And the reality is, is there's a lot of kids and this is what I don't think, like I had this conversation with somebody today and, and there's a lot of fear that, you know, kids, people are just going to buy players. And I'm like, look, y'all don't understand. Notre Dame has kids committed right now that are not taking business, not looking at any, but have gotten substantial six figure offers. And I know of at least one prospect that's got a seven-figure offer that he said no to because kids understand, and there was a, a something on three who doesn't do much good, but this tweet was good, is from their NIL channel. They put a thing out the other day where it was like a kid said, look, NIL is short money. Like, I'm trying to get to the NFL. That's the long game. Yeah. And if I if that means I got to, you know, turn down this to – you know, to go there where I'm not going to get developed as much to go here where I know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to be here. I mean, know as much as kids can know. Then all of a sudden, that's how you keep those kids, right? There's a lot of kids like that. A lot of kids like that. I mean, if you all think that all 20 kids committed Notre Dame aren't getting offers, you're mistaking yourself. They're getting sub substantial offers. It's just that these kids understand that, yeah, that's nice. Like, had a recruit the other day was talking about in a conversation about like money after taxes. And you're like, okay, you know, that's a, that's a kid that gets it. Like a lot of these kids get this stuff. Right. And, and they understand, okay, yeah, you can offer me $600,000, but like I may get like 350,000 of that. You know what I mean? And then, then I got to give this to my mom and I got to yeah. give this to this guy and my agent's taking 20%, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like, now all of a sudden that, that 600,000 offer doesn't look that great. Yeah. And those kids are the ones that are going to Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's always a lot of kids like that. There's kids out there that just don't care about the, the money part. And the other thing, too, is, is there's also a misconception that Notre Dame's not involved in NIL. And I want to keep reminding people, Notre Dame is incredibly active in NIL. They're just not active in regards to using it as enticement to a it's high school player. Yeah. And so that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm coming from, Sean. So, but at the end of the day. If the other stuff is there, that's not there now, mm -hmm. that's when Notre Dame becomes that, 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 you know, you talk about there's apex predators and there's, there's various ones, but then there's in the ocean, there's always somebody, you know, bigger, right? Right. And you got to get to the point where you're the higher you are up on that food chain, the better. Right. And, and, and Notre Dame's gone up the, 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 the rain in the food chain the last year yeah. under Marcus Freeman, but yeah. they're still not, the ultimate predator. And that's where they're trying to get to. Yeah. And that's going to require more on-field success than they've had, which means win in big games, beat an Ohio state, beat a Clemson and not in a, yeah, you beat Clemson in double overtime without their starting quarterback. 
you know, three of their best defensive players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then go out and get curb stomped by them a month later. Right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about beat Ohio State in Columbus, go to the postseason, beat Georgia, beat, you know, not, not it, I'm tired of Notre Dame relying on the, hey, well, we took Clemson down to the wire. <laughs> you know, well, hey, we battled Georgia. We had a chance to win both games. Yeah, but you lost. Right. It's getting to the point where those are victories. Hey, we, we lost to Alabama by less than the team that lost to them in the championship game. Like, what kind you lost by 27? Like, yeah. why are you talking about that as like that's a compliment? You know, like something to brag about. Yeah. You know, start winning those games and then you know, having championship success. And then also this next year could be really big for Notre Dame, too, because you've got a chance to have a real epic first round draft pick for Notre Dame. First round draft for Notre Dame if things go well. Yes, that's going to help. Look, don't kid yourself. The fact that Notre Dame hasn't had a defensive end drafted since like Ronaldo win matters. It And that's legit. That's not hyperbole. They haven't had a first round defensive end drafted since Ronaldo win. At the, so, second, or right. at the second most important position, according to NFL scouts in today's game, like right. they need pass rushers. Right. They need pass rushers. Right. You have to be able to develop right. them in the NFL for that to be an attraction. So why is Keon Keeley looking at Alabama? If if you think it's because of NIL, it's not. Will that be part of the conversation? Yeah. Could that be the thing that ultimately wins him over? Maybe. But the reason he's on campus right now is primarily because there's lots of schools that are willing to throw money at Keon Keeley. But there's mm-hmm. only one he's gone and seen this summer. And it's Bama. Why? Because how many first-round draft picks has Bama produced? How many championships has Bama produced? And then you look at college football, and you're like, who's the most dominant player in college football coming back this year? It's a guy that's going to play the position that Keon Keeley's being recruited to play there. Now, yep. again, Notre Dame has stuff. They can counter that, right? Uh, by the way, Will uh, Stephon Tuitt was not a first-round pick. He was a second-round pick. Yeah. So I'm telling you, Ronaldo win. Like, guys, we, this is this, it's Ronaldo win, okay? Uh, for defensive end. We said defensive end. Right, because Jerry Tiller was a first-round pick, defensive end. But there are things Notre Dame can counter with. Hey, come be a part of something new, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you could go be the next this guy, come here, or be the first Keon Keely. And if you're a, if you're the first Keon Keely in Notre Dame, you're going to be a legend, right? Like I'm I'm tweeting today about Tony Rice and his record, you know, against top, you know, against top ten and top twenty-five teams. Like we're still talking about Tony Rice thirty-plus years later. Yeah, right. You know, we're still talking about Brady. Qu- Brady Quinn didn't win a title. Brady Quinn went 0-2 in major bowl games, but he's still a legend. Why? Because he did it at Notre Dame. He was a good dude and all that. But like the point is, if Brady Quinn would have done that at Michigan, nobody's talking about him right now, right? That's right. just a fact. Right. You know, he but he did it in I mean, most non-Ohio State fans could even tell you who Ohio State's starting quarterback was when they won the title last time. Now we can, we're college football fans, Craig Krenzel, but most people don't have a clue. Most kids don't have a clue who Craig Krenzel was. They know who Brady Quinn was, though, is though, right? And so that's the thing. Oh, is well, no, I mean, in in your guy, the backup. I don't want to say his name, but the backup, the one with uh Zeke and the crew. Oh and yeah, you talking about Cardell? Cardell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. But that was a more recent title. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's yeah. a little different. But my point is, there are things Notre Dame can counter with, but when Notre Dame eliminates that selling point, they're going to be hard to beat. When they eliminate the whole hey. We, uh, yeah, Bama's telling you that you can go there and win a title. Um, uh, so can we, because we won one. Yeah. 
you know, uh, Bama saying that they can make me a first round draft pick. Okay. Um, did you see Isaiah Foskey last year? Did you see where he went? You know what I mean? Like, so there, there are those type of things, Sean, that when they get to that, that's when they become that ultimate predator and they're not there yet. They've come a long way in a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally you've got Notre Dame fans disappointed about the thought of Notre Dame dropping down to five. Yeah. Think about that. Now, I'm good with that. I'm good with raising the bar. I'm not criticizing people that are complaining about that. I love the fact that the bar has been raised so quickly. We should always have context. But I love the fact the bar has been raised, right? But to take, but that's not the end game. The end game is not to be perennially top five recruiting team. The end game is to be a championship football team. Absolutely. That's the end game. That's the end game. Right. And like you said, you know, the most important aspect is what happens on the field is what happens on the field. And I, I agree with you. I think the pro day is going to be considerably better. It's going to have more people there, more important people. There are plenty of scouts there, but we didn't see a lot of head coaches and GMs or as many as you see at other places like in Ohio state, like in Alabama mm -hmm. pro day this year, with the guys they have that potentially will be going into the NFL draft, you'll see some of the big, big wigs on right. campus. Looking at Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, Brandon Joseph, Jared Patterson. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's going to change the image and that's going to bring more attention. And then you start to lure some of those guys like Keon Keeley, which in my opinion, look, I, I, look, be happy. This is what I'm trying to get Notre Dame fans to be. Be happy. Be happy that you're walking with a girl mm -hmm. that looks like Notre Dame right now <laughs> as a program on your arms. Be mm -hmm. happy. Like, don't get insecure because everybody else is looking at her. Yes, she's mm -hmm. beautiful. She looks really good right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a chance as she grows, she's going to look better. Right. All right? She right. might fill out a little bit more. And people are still going to look at her and want to come and take her from you or take what right. you have from you as a fan. Right. Person. But enjoy it. Right. Enjoy being right. connected to a program that looks this way right now. It's the, not something to be fretful about. The healthy, the healthy way to look at it, Sean, is to say, hey, look. I'm, I'm digging what's going on right now. Absolutely. But also then to say, hey, look, but look, they got to they got to they got to do better. Right. Like, yeah. you know, they, they got to hang on to Keon and, and Peyton. Right. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Like, I would just just don't. First of all, stop assuming that everything that's reported is actual real news. First of all. Second of all, the thing is, is like until these kids decommit, if that happens right now, I don't think it will. Yeah. But if it does, right, and it's a possibility because, I mean, you're not taking visits if there's zero chance you're going to eventually flip, right? Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Let's 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 let, take the, put the homers hats and throw them to the side. That's not what we do, right? You can't look at it and say, hey, look, nah, there's no chance they flip. Well, then they wouldn't be visiting. Yeah. So it's a possibility. I think it's going to be a lot harder than people think. I think both of those kids love Notre Dame. There's a lot of intel we've been given about the communication Right. And so like that was the difference to Morgan Walker. Morgan Walker was just go on visits and then communicate to Notre Dame after the fact. No, 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 everything's good. Like, well, you know, this is different. Right. There's a very open dialogue about all this. Notre Dame knows exactly what's going on. We'll see if it if it works or not. We'll see. Look, I'm not saying it's gonna be easy. 
Yeah. I'm saying don't fret about it yet because right now it hasn't happened. And then definitely go tweeting at these kids and tagging. Like I loved what Drake Bowen did to somebody that, that, that tagged Keon in a in a tweet the other night. And Drake was like, no, uh-uh. no. don't tag my guy no. in that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're not helping the team that you think you're helping by tagging kids in tweets. Okay. Right. But the point is, is like sets assume a higher standard. And that's what we've always been about. That's the, that we did that with Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Brian Kelly. I actually like Marcus Freeman, but I'm not going to change the expectation because I like the dude. Right. And so we can do both of these things in a, in a, in the right way. And that's my thing is we can say, Hey, look, I'm enjoying this ride. Do I want to get it? Do I want it to be better? Yeah. But your focus on getting even better doesn't have to mean you can't enjoy where you've come. That's the thing is there's a, there's an end game. Yeah. We talked about, and you, you want to get to that end game, but, but you'll hear from NFL, you'll hear from former players. Like, you know, I, I didn't enjoy the ride enough. I wish I would have enjoyed the ride. I wish I wasn't so focused on the, the end game that I didn't enjoy the journey to get there. You can do both. You can enjoy the journey to get there while also saying, hey, man, this is a great win. Not done yet, though. Right? Got more in front of us, but, man, this is a great win. You know, hey, we got this big recruit. Yeah. It's a big one, but we're not done yet. Yeah. That's where it needs to be. Right? And when you have losses, you say, hey, look, that was a loss. Right? That That's a loss. All right, no, Dante Moore, it's a loss. Yeah. It's a loss. It's a big loss. But okay, let's roll. Let's see what's next, right? Because we're not done yet. And that's the way the Notre Dame staff is looking at it. That's the way fans need to look at it. Look, look, hold the program to the highest standard possible. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the ride from here to there along the way. And that's what I wish more people would do. And, and that's good for our, all of our mental health too. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some of the anxiety that some of my people are going through is like, buddy, I love you, man. You need to, you know what I mean? Cause like my livelihood depends on Notre Dame being successful. I, I get the importance of it, but I, right. man, you gotta go hug your kids or something, man. It's going to be all right. You know I mean? It's going to be all right. And you and I on a weekly basis have discussions about oh. young athletes that we watch that film and we're like, whew, I like this kid. Right. I really, really like this kid. Do you think he's a take? And then we both say, man, I don't know. They're going after this kid. They got this mm-hmm. kid they like. They got that right. kid we like. And it's like, if you only knew just how healthy this program is right. and how good right. they are right now, it's like some of the best stuff. And that's, that's almost getting to an Alabama's level, right? Like there are like kids that other top programs we've discussed absolutely love and want. And Bama offered them, but they just don't have room for them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, and you want to get to that point where you're so good. Of course, we would want Notre Dame to get the top 25 kids every year. Right. right? But when you're good, kids are going to look at your program and say, Okay, is there room for me? Because right. Can I get on the field there? On the field right. there? Well, why do you think Malachi Nelson is looking elsewhere? That's a question about whether or not he mm-hmm. wants to sit behind the current quarterback. Right. Right? So he's thinking, like, do I want to sit two years? Do I want to sit a year? Or do I go find somewhere where I can immediately right. get on the field and play? And that's the important part, Sean, is that people need that this is kind of for Notre Dame. 
it's one of those things that do you try to think the right one of the mistakes that I think Clemson has made recently, for example, um, they started kind of going after guys that were ranked high, mm. big star players from around the country. But then you look at it like that guy doesn't really fit what they do, though. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just about talent acquisition if that's yes. coming at the sacrifice of of t- proper talent acquisition. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that you know, to me, it's about we had this conversation about Owen Wayful yesterday in our show, right? Like it's not just about getting the four most highly ranked guys you can get. You're trying to build a team and there's going to be guys ranked higher than a Kurt Heinish. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't, you don't need to bring in a Kurt, uh, at least Heinish. one Kurt Heinish every year. Right. Right. Like that's the thing that you have to understand. And, and that's the thing that, that Notre Dame is going to have to understand if they, because that's the biggest mistake that you can make. And that's where I've given Alabama a lot of credit. Alabama gets big time players, but they are almost always kids. You look and say, "Yep, that's a fit, right? That guy fits what they do. That's a yeah. scheme fit." Like you, they, yeah. they don't often. Not everybody makes mistakes, right? Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, but they don't often make mistakes from a scheme standpoint. They make mistakes where they they bring in a kid that doesn't necessarily have the right attitude. But usually, what happens with that kid? He's gone quickly. Mm-hmm. Right, remember that big time DN from Jersey they got a couple years ago? He was overrated, like like number one player in the country. He was overrated, and they chased him out like a year because he came in like demanding this and wanting this and this attitude. And Nick was like, "I don't know who you think you are, man, but I had six rings before you got here, and I'm gonna have more after you leave. So you know, you can hit the road." Yeah, they've always done a good job of being willing to say, "Nope, we don't need that kid." Yeah. Right. And then when they do make the mistakes, they 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 own up to them. Now Notre Dame can't quite do that. But that's the big thing too, is when they if they get to that point, they gotta be careful not to just ta- you know, get into talent acquisition and not still lose sight of you're trying to build a team. I don't think that's gonna be the case because I think that's something Marcus Freeman has talked a lot about. Mm. You know, there's guys on the roster that he's targeted. Like that's how that's why they went after Ronan Hannaf in the way that they did. They view him that way. That's why they went after Owen Wayful the way that they did. That's the that's the reason Marcus Freeman okayed them going after Donovan Heinish last year because they look look no there's kids that are bigger and stronger and faster and this because but I know I know what kind of family I'm bringing into the program character yep yep and there's got to always be some of that yeah there's always got to be some of that so. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with the recruiting aspect of it, Sean. Be so, happy, guys. Yes. Be, Be happy. happy, but still, but don't, there's, you can enjoy the ride and not settle. Like, you'll never hear us say, hey, you know what? I've, we found our sweet spot. This is cool. Yeah. Never. It's cool. No. No. But you can, like I said, enjoy the ride, right? And there's going to be bumps. There's going to be, you're going to, there's going to be time, Sean, you and I can hop in a car and we're going we're gonna to drive out to the beach and we're going to take a nice little vacation before the season starts. We're not. I'm just saying we could. And it's going to be a fun ride, but there's going to be times we're going to be on some pavement that's a little bumpy, and you know we might face some weather. You got to you know yeah. pull the pull the you know put the the hood up on the convertible because it's starting to rain. Doesn't make the doesn't make the journey any less fun. Well, yeah. hey, we'll weather the storm and and get through it in sunny days, and we're going to be at the beach and chilling and having a good time, right? So that's what I want people to just kind of to, to focus on. So yeah. that's the key.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.